all day on Good Friday for people to come in and pray, and um, I think we learned a lot just in our conversations that day, so, so that was great. Um, and just a reminder that on May 21st at noon on the Town Common here in Southbridge, um, we will be having a gospel music festival. This is the second one. Um, the first one was last year. And I don't know, was Practicing Praise doing something? Oh, you are? Oh, that's too bad. Well, anyway, it'll be great music, and you should join our brothers and sisters from other churches to worship God together. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship with some silence and prayer. Our Lord and our God, we are so thankful to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life, um, our biological life, but also the gift of spiritual life and eternal life that we have through Jesus, your Son. Thank you, Lord, that you sacrificed your whole self for us to reconcile us to you. And from that reconciliation to bring your kingdom and your um, will of love to bear on the earth. We pray that today will be a new step in that direction, that you will speak to us and that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. And so with that in mind, we pray the prayer that your son Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. I'll read verses 1 through 10 and then jump down to verses 19 through 23. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. 
please stand. We lift our hearts and our voices to God. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone, what is our only confidence, that our souls to him belong, who holds the day within his hands, what comes apart from his command, and what will keep us to the end, the love of Christ from which we these five. Um, I just want to say a little bit about baptism in our church tradition. Most, if well, I believe all church denominations that center around Jesus Christ and the Trinity God believe in some sort of baptism. Different churches have different traditions about it and different ways of practicing it and understandings about it, but we all believe that it is something that our Lord Jesus called us to do and that it signifies our belonging to him in a special and intentional way. And in the Baptist church, you might know that since we're called Baptists, it's probably kind of important to us. So uh, that's one of our main distinctives, actually, is the way that we do baptism. We believe that um, there's a, a cliche, actually, that says God doesn't have grandchildren. And that means that we can become children of God, but we don't inherit it from our 
faithful parents necessarily. We might be influenced by them. But we need to choose for ourselves to follow Jesus, to belong to Jesus, to align our lives with Jesus. And so um, that is what we're doing when we get baptized. We are making a public declaration that we are choosing Jesus. He has chosen us, and we are committing to um, give our lives to him and live our lives for him. And this, the way that we do it is through immersion. Mm, the whole person gets wet. Um, and there's a symbolism. We believe that this is how Jesus himself was baptized, but there's also a symbolism behind it because we know, we've been celebrating this whole week, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was buried in the tomb. And on the third day, he rose back to life. So when the person goes under the water, they are symbolically being buried with Jesus Christ. And when they come back up out of the water, they're being raised to new life in Jesus Christ. Our lives are linked with Christ. And so um, I'm going to turn over the mic to these baptismal candidates, and they're going to tell you a little bit why, a little bit about why they have chosen to take this step. And I'm going to not forget my mic. Go back there and get ready. So today I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior because. I have been struggling with the idea of getting baptized for a while now because it's something that I've heard about and that I didn't really picture me doing a while ago. But the other day I was standing in this sanctuary with um, Practicing Praise and they are a group that I've grown to love being with. They are some people that are my people. And I had a hole in my heart, I feel like, and with them and with Christ, I feel like that hole was completed, and <laughs> it's kind of funny, because I was standing there, and right after I felt like that, I texted Pastor Jen, and I, I was like, is it too late to get baptized? Because <laughs> <laughs> baptism was on Sunday, and I was <laughs> texting her on Tuesday. <laughs> so, she said no, and now here I am. And Good morning, everyone. I've also been struggling with the idea of getting baptized, but I started to reflect on my past four years of high school, and I had a lot of experiences that I endured that would forever change my outlook on life. I spent a lot of time reflecting and learning more about myself because of these experiences. Upon these reflections, I learned that my desire to be a more empathetic and compassionate person aligns with the teachings of Christ almost perfectly. Since then, I have slowly worked to become an embodiment of the word. When others look at me, I wish that one day they'll see me th through Jesus, or they'll see Jesus through me. I knew the next step to becoming this new person of faith and mercy was baptism. However, the idea of expressing my faith so publicly made me nervous. I felt as though such a sensitive moment being displayed in front of judging eyes would be over overwhelming, and that others, such as non-Christians, could potentially belittle me for making such a serious commitment. Most of all, I felt as though I was not good enough, not good enough for God or for my church. I felt that my faith was so minuscule compared the actions of other Christians. But if there's anything that Sunday school has taught me, it's that there's a Bible verse for everything. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says to his disciples, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That verse brings me more comfort in that it is not the quantity of my faith, faith but rather the quality. I should trust that the Lord sees my faith as great, even if others do not. I'm faithful enough to move mountains, and I'm good enough for my God. 
good morning, so I do not have a as good of a testimony as my sister here. <laughs> but during the pandemic, I was left alone with Jesus a lot of the time. Being alone made me question my faith in God and my religion. Throughout these past two, ye two years, I have come to the conclusion that I am ready to accept Jesus in Christianity. I am ready to let God take over my life. I am ready to show my faith by being baptized today. These past two years, Jesus has guided me and, open and opened my eyes to see that he is the right way. He is the correct path. I have grown a personal bond with Jesus and ready for him to guide me throughout the rest of my life. Okay, growing up was a um, very difficult time for me. My mother was a single parent and always working, and I was pretty much my younger sibling's caregiver. We had a few stepfathers, some not so good. When I felt alone or sad, I turned to prayer. I always felt God was listening and watching over me in good times and bad. I went to several different churches over the years and never really felt like I belonged, so I never pursued baptism. I have found the church where I belong and feel like everyone is family. So I am here today to say, Heavenly Father, into your hands I place my worries, cares, and troubles. Into your wisdom I place my path, my direction, and my goals. And into your loving arms I place my life. Amen. Hi, I'm Freddie Tuda. Um, yes, and I'm nervous, and I have no teeth, so if I can't talk, don't get nervous. Um, I want to be baptized here because this is my church from way back, and I went down the bad road, and now I'm back being good and everything, and God's helping me, and I want to show him that I love him because it's my church and everything. That's why I want to be baptized in this church. Thank you. they get set up uh, up there we're going to sing some praise songs and, uh, enjoy the day get all the benefits they can tune their guitars they'll tune our hearts
believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you admit that you are a sinner and that you are trusting in Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross for the forgiveness of your sin and to reunite you to God? I do. Do you promise with God's help to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in your new life in the family of God? On the basis of this, your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in death, raised with him in newness of life. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who made heaven and earth? Do you admit that you are a sinner and that you are trusting in Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and to reunite you to God? Do you promise with God's help to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in your new life in the family of God? On the basis of this, your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in death, raised with Christ in newness of life. Tommy? Hello. <laughs> Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who made heaven and earth? I do. Do you admit that you are a sinner and you are trusting Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross for the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of your sins and to reunite you with God? I do. do you promise with God's help to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in your new life in the family of God? basis of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in death, raised with Christ in newness of life. Do you believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who made heaven and earth? Do you admit that you are a sinner and that you are trusting in Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and to reunite you to God? Do you promise, with God's help, to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in your new life in the family of God? On the basis of this, your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Jesus in death, raised with him in the name of
Do you believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who made the heaven and earth? I do. Do you admit that you are a sinner and that you are trusting in Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and to be united to God? Yes. And do you promise with God's help to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in your new life in the family of God? On the basis of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Jesus in death. Did it work? Can you hear me? I should have relabeled this message in a box because I don't have a basket. Isn't it amazing that God didn't just die for us, he became human for us. One of the things I love about my faith is that God foreshadows so many things in his word. We can have confidence that although man may fail, God has a plan, and he lets us know over and over again throughout history 
but she's on top of things. This is matzah. I'm sure that some of you have seen this before, yes? Yes. This is a Haggadah. Has anybody seen one of these? From, there's debate, because we're human and there's always debate, right? Somewhere between the 9th and the 10th century, the Jewish people began to use this Seder. Seder is the Hebrew word for order. So they had an order that w traditionally came down for what the Last Supper was. You all remember the Last Supper, right? Jesus sitting up in a room with a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors, that kind of thing. They were eating something like this. This is, you know, it fits in a box. It's nice and neat, so this is what's used now. But it was something like this. Can you see this? Take one. Take a good look. I want everybody to take a good look. This is a symbol. My husband's over there. He used this often. Sure, go for it. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Pass it back. Take a good look. Tell me what you see about this. It's square. That's what my husband said. I mean, it's not the first thing I was going for. It looks like a cracker. I need the teaching. Thank you. Pass it back. I'm, I'm out of them. <laughs> so, remember, ninth century, this is before Christ. Jewish people everywhere. The leader of the Seder, usually the father, follows this order. The search for the leaven. What does leaven represent in scripture? Right. And it what did Jesus use it to represent? Sin. Sin. This has no leaven in it, hence no sin. Jewish people around the world search their homes before Passover to root out any bit of sin, leaven, that they can find. If they find it, it's burned until it's ash. Then a prayer is said to cover over any that was missed. Then, a blessing is said, hands are washed, a green vegetable is eaten. You can tell that Jesus had a mother eat the vegetables. And then, I should have kept three of these, three matzahs are taken. They're held up and blessed. And then the middle one is taken out and broken. The large piece is wrapped in a white cloth. Is anybody getting chills? Look at this thing. It's striped. It's bruised. It's pierced. It's broken, wrapped in linen, and hidden. And then the children seek it. child who finds it is offered a reward for it. They can choose to keep it and share it as dessert. It's called afikomen. It's the Hebrew word for dessert. It's considered the best and sweetest part of the meal. They can give it up for a reward, but then they lose the afikomen. And then Jesus came. 
And then he sat with his disciples in a room and he broke this bread and said, this is my body. That's one little piece. Then he drank four cups of wine with his disciples, which explains why they fell asleep in the garden, I'm just saying. But that's a story for another day. May God be with us as we continue this service. Remember that we have every cause to rejoice. From the beginning of time, he has written his word over and over again for us to find, like the children find the Akitama. This time we're going to pray together. Um, we're going to especially pray for the people who were just baptized, but also for other concerns and joys that we have experienced in our lives this week, um, or people that we're praying for. The youth group, when they were leading their day of prayer and contemplation on Friday, had a place where you could leave prayer requests. I think they left a lot of them. Um, <laughs> But I'm going to be praying through those today also. Let's pray together. Lord, these are the prayers of your people. We thank you so much for this day of all days, uh, for what it means to all of us in our relationship with you and each other. And we also pray especially for the five who were baptized this morning. We pray for Ella, for Lily, for Tommy, for Carlene, and for Freddie. And we ask that you will help them to grow in you, um, in their knowledge of you, and also in their relationship with you, and in Christ-likeness. We ask that for all of us, Lord. We ask for your blessing and help for this church and for your church around the world. We pray for all of your people today who are celebrating <coughs> your death and resurrection. We pray that you will renew our hearts, that you will help us to 
walked more and more closely with you. We thank you for your death and your resurrection. We pray for all of the injustice that is happening in the world, all of the concerns. We ask that um, Jesus' attitude of sacrificial love will be ours and that we will be able to bring that more and more into the world. We pray that more people will come to learn about you um, in this church and in other churches, that we will hear your word, that we will know you in our hearts, and that we will know your transform transforming love. We pray that no one misses the, the fact of this holiday today. We ask that we will keep you at the center of our Easter celebrations this afternoon. We pray for those that we love who have turned away from you. We ask that they will turn back. We also pray for Ghana and the countries surrounding it. And um, we pray for peace there. We pray that you will raise up good leaders who have the well-being of their people at heart. We pray for um, the prevention of human trafficking that happens there and also in many other places in the world. We pray for France's presidential election. We pray for the ongoing war in Ukraine, that you will bring it to an end, a good end, whatever that looks like to you, Lord. We also pray for those of us who are sick or who have been sick. Um, we ask for continued healing. We pray for uh, Tom Dolan. We thank you that he's here with us today and, and for your healing that you're working in him. We pray for... Um, my parents, who are getting over COVID, we pray for a friend whose home life is difficult right now. We pray for the health of um, someone's son. We also pray for a woman who is asking just for her life. Um, she was struggling and going through a really hard time. We pray for her that she will find a way out of the situation that she's in. We continue to lift up people by name, Paulina, Hope, Martha, Olivia, Beverly, Mimi Jo, Bernie and Lynn, Selah, Jeff, and Ariel. Thank you, Lord, that you know all that we need, that you know even better than we do what we need, and we trust our lives to you. All of our problems we send to the cross of Christ. All of our sins we send to the cross of Christ. All the devil's works we send to the cross of Christ. All of our hopes we set on the risen Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Central Baptist Church, we no longer pass a plate, but we do believe that um, giving of our financial blessings from God is part of our worship. And so at this time, let's continue in an attitude of worship, and you can prepare your gifts if you choose to leave one and participate in worship in this way. There, is, there are offering boxes at the back of the sanctuary where you can leave your offering on the way out, or if you're worshiping with us online, you can either send us a check to Central Baptist Church, P.O. Box 886, Southbridge, Massachusetts, 01550, or you can donate online at cbcsouthbridge.org. Let's worship.
Lord, thank you for the way that you take care of us, for the way that you provide for us. We offer you these gifts with glad and thankful hearts as an ad- in an attitude of trust for your continuing to care for us. We thank you and ask that you will use these gifts for your work in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. There's already been kind of a lot of message today, so uh, today's sermon will hopefully be shorter than usual, but um, at Central Baptist Church, we've been talking about prayer for the last seven weeks, and so today we're going to wrap that up. Um, We have been looking at prayer from an acrostic, where you take a word and you break it down and make all the letters stand for other words, and the usual one for prayer is ACTS adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, but we're doing a different one. Um, This comes from a guy named Pete Grieg, who wrote a book called Prayer, a Simple Guide for Normal People, and it is, and his acrostic is PRAY, P-R-A-Y, Central Baptist. What do these letters stand for? Pause, rejoice, ask, yield, yes. And so we have talked about all of those aspects of prayer now. A pause is silence, and then also confession before God of who God is, of who we are without God, and of who we're willing to be with God. And then we rejoice in these truths. We ask God for what we need, and we also um, help fight other people's battles by asking for what they need. And then we yield to the answers that God has for us. We talked about yielding last week, and we discovered that God himself knows what it's like to hear no. He knows what it's like to hear no from us, first of all. Let's be honest. But God, in the person of Jesus, learned what it feels like to hear no from God. We talked about him in the Garden of Gethsemane, pouring out his heart to the Father and saying, Father, if there is any way that I can avoid this torture and death, please, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus yielded to love. In fact, the whole Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yielded to love. Jesus' death on the cross was a sacrifice for all of God. God created us out of love. We exist because God is love. And God created us for love. When we as humans try to be God for ourselves or try to be God on our own terms or think maybe maybe I have a better idea of how to take care of myself than God or take care of the people that I love, That is a way of putting ourselves first, and it means that we end up turning away from God, the God who is love, the God who loves us. And every single one of us has experienced the results of this turning away, because we've all done it in big ways and small. We do this because of our own choices. We also do this because of other people around us who make similar choices. We experience that turning away from other people and in ourselves, God yielded to his love for us by becoming a human who didn't put himself first, but instead went all the way to torture and death on a cross so that we can be reconciled to love, so we can be reconciled to God. And because of that reconciliation to God, to love, we can be reconciled to each other and to the rest of creation and to our own selves. When we turn back to God, 
and are willing to enter a relationship with God again that he paved the way for, that relationship makes all other relationships possible. Because God is love. He's the source. And Jesus really showed us, as we commemorate this whole week, that he meant what he said. And he showed us what it meant when he said, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So we've been talking about prayer this whole time, and we've been seeing a little bit that Jesus' own life is a prayer. And he prays his life all the way up to the, resurre- to the crucifixion. And on the, at the resurrection, it's like he kind of, it's all, so you know I like sci-fi. It's almost like he goes through a black hole and comes out onto the other side. He's in a new realm. It's a new reality. He's on the other side of prayer. Brian Zond says, The primary purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we think God ought to do. The primary purpose of prayer is to be properly formed. This means in our spirits and also coming out into our lives. Last week we saw how Jesus learned obedience. The Bible actually says that. Um, That's in Hebrews. And was made perfect, even though he never sinned, He was made perfect because of his life of prayer. Even Jesus, God the Son of God, was formed through prayer. And I'm going to add something to Brian Zond's statement. Prayer isn't just something that changes us. Through prayer, as God changes us, And as we, in that prayer, start to live into our reconciliation with God, start to get closer to God, start to find out more who God is, prayer changes the world. Because God, through prayer, has changed us. Jesus shows us this. Jesus' whole life was a prayer. Everything Jesus did and everything Jesus said came out of his relationship with his Father and the love within all three persons of the Trinity. Jesus' teaching was prayer that transformed how people saw it. Jesus' healing was prayer that transformed how people lived. Jesus' life was a prayer all the way up to the no of God on the night of Passover and all the way through to the other side. Jesus' torture and death on the cross was prayer to the Father to forgive us for we know not what we do. And Jesus' full, literal, bodily resurrection on the first day of the week was prayer that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is how we connect with the reality of the heavens. And Jesus did this with his entire self. First he did it because he's entirely God and entirely human. So he connected the heavens and the earth in his own self, but he also did it actively. He came from the heavens to our reality, the earth, and then, yielding in love, he brought the two together. The good news of the resurrection is the defeat of death, so death does not anymore have the final say. The good news of the the resurrection is that Jesus has begun to merge heaven and earth already, not just sometime later when we die, but already right now for those of us who are being reconciled, who are resurrection people. The good news is that he intends to continue in our lives to slowly but surely bring the love of the heavens to bear on the earth. Teresa of Avila, who lived in the 1500s, says, We're always hearing about what a good thing prayer is, but all we are told is what we ourselves are supposed to do. What about the work the beloved, Jesus, does in us? The supernatural work. Nobody explains that part. The resurrection is that part. As we pause and rejoice and ask and yield to the
the love of God expressed in the resurrected Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, gradually our good works and all of our efforts will become not so much our good works and our efforts as God doing his good works through us. Jesus bringing the heavens of his heart to the earth of ours. That is how we become properly formed and how the world around us will become properly formed too. So let's pray. I'm going to walk us through this. We're going to do all four steps briefly, silently. At the end, I'm going to say a prayer. And if you have either never committed your life to Jesus and you would like to, or if you feel like you would like to recommit your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to stand before we sing our final hymn. And, uh, and I will silently pray for you. Maybe we can have a conversation later. Let's first begin with a pause. Now, silently, or out loud if you have something you'd like to share, um, rejoice in God, rejoice in this day, and what God has done for you. take some time in your heart asking for what you need or for what people in your life need. Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we trust in you. We understand that um, by ourselves we are sinners. We've turned away from love. And we know and thank you for your sacrifice of yourself on the cross so that we could be forgiven and so we could be reconciled to you. Lord God, I stand here recommitting myself to you, to your goodness and to your love. I want to walk in the way of your love. I want to walk in the way of your truth. Lord, I pray that you will be with each one here, that you will transform us through prayer and transform the world through our lives of prayer. In Jesus' name. Our final hymn is 290, The Strife is O'er. Stand if you're able.
Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.